I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source and pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, thanks for downloading the Friday episode of Top Kids Jericho. Let me tell you, you might want to listen to this one with a friend or during the day because you are going to be completely freaked out. I got Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures, the world's most premier ghost hunter, telling us terrifying tales of demonic possession, hauntings, uh, all of these types of crazy things. What makes him so scary is he's witnessed them all himself and even been possessed himself he's going to tell us all about it he's investigated documented everything he's talking about he believes it he's got proof he even bought the infamous demon house in indiana so he could shoot an investigative documentary about it he's going to tell us all about that he just finished filming about a week ago and wait until you hear about some of the stuff that happened during that shoot uh it's really creepy really freaky if you scare easily do not listen to this episode of talk is jericho are you ready can you handle it zach baggins is coming on the following program is a podcast one.com production he's a world champion wrestler best-selling author actor and lead singer of fozzy now now he's rocking the podcast world this 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 is talk is jericho talk is jericho starring chris jericho welcome to talk is jericho this is the pot of thunder and rock and roll i am the king of the podcast world and you are my podcast queen and king depending what uh, gender you are the remedy for boredom has arrived uh, the people's podcast is here and guess what it's a friday yes indeed it's friday the perfect day to be completely freaked out Goosebumps, hair standing on end, cold sweats, that kind of freaked out. I'm talking chills, man. I'm talking and hearing things that go bump in the night and looking scared and being scared. I got Zach Baggins coming up, ghost hunter extraordinaire, the premier ghost hunter in the entire United States. And the stories that he's about to tell you are bone chilling, demonic possessions, ghost attacks, evil haunted houses. He's witnessed and documented some pretty incredulous stuff, and he's just back from shooting a documentary on the famous Demon House in Indiana, which he actually owns. He bought it himself just to be able to film this documentary there, and he's sharing some of the ridiculously crazy experiences that happened to him and his crew while they were shooting. 
Very, very creepy. Uh, so, so, uh, um, I don't know, unexpected. And, and there's something else out there in this other world, and Zach knows all about it, and he's going to tell us all about it. Uh, before we get to Zach, though, I've got a couple things to talk about. If you still have time to nominate Talk is Jericho for a 2015 podcast award, but today is the last day, so get your nomination in. If you love this show and want to see it get a little recognition, you should definitely hit up podcastawards.com and nominate us. It would be really fruit to win a podcast award. They'll be handed out in April in Las Vegas at the New Media Expo. So anyways, I want you to show a little love and adoration to Talk is Jericho. They'll be handed out in April in Las Vegas at the New Media Expo. I want you to show a little love and adoration, a little love and affection. I ain't talking about Nelson. Uh, That'd be a good guest. Uh, Help us out here at Talk is Jericho. I want you to go to podcastawards.com and fill out the nomination form. You have to add the show's URL link in that form. Easiest way to do that is you go to podcastone.com. You click on Talk is Jericho. Then copy the show page link and paste it onto the form. You have to do it today, though. So go to podcastawards.com. Com and give your favorite podcast, which of course would be mine, Talk is Jericho, a nomination. You got to do it. Um, and, and like I said, man, I'm a little bit more subdued today because this topic is very, very creepy. And I really, uh, I mean, Zach has been doing this for a long time and he's seen some very, very strange things. Uh, there's been a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while. I saw something interesting on, like, there's all these, like, websites that have all these kind of cool, like, the top 10 Hollywood creative kills, or the top 10 best TV and movie cops, 10 most extraordinary androids in science fiction. I found the top 10 tragic movie set deaths. These are actual uh, stars that died on set. Uh, I thought we'd go through that list since we're talking about ghosts today. Maybe these uh, stars are still floating around the earth. Maybe Zach Baggins has talked to them. Um, Number 10, Vic Morrow in the Twilight Zone movie back in 1983. He died when a helicopter being used on the set uh, was flying at only 25 feet above the ground, too low to avoid the explosions of the pyrotechnics used on set. When the blast severed the tail rotor, it spun out of control and crashed, decapitating Morrow and two uh, two children as well, two, two Vietnamese children that were on set. It was for a, um, a Vietnamese movie... Uh, Vietnamese uh, segment in this uh, in this Twilight Zone film, so it was a crazy thing. Vic Morrow was decapitated, which means he got his head cut off. The accident led to legal action against the filmmakers, which lasted nearly a decade and changed the regulations involving children working on movie sets. Um, number nine, Brandon Lee, The Crow. We all know The Crow. Actually, Sting, the uh, WWE uh, legend, based his, his his makeup on The Crow. And that was in 1993 during uh, the filming of The Crow. There was only eight days left before it was completed. And the, the, the scene where Brandon Lee was supposed to uh, have been shot and killed by his fiance by the thugs, and then rise from the grave later on, he actually was killed. Um, when the guy who was playing the villain, Michael Massey, fired the gun at Lee as intended, but the bullet unseated uh, from a dummy round and was lodged in the barrel of the handgun. The bullet was not noticed, and the gun was loaded with a blank cartridge, and the blank was fired. The bullet shot out and hit Lee in the abdomen. That is absolutely insane that you could actually get shot and killed on a movie set. Uh, horrible, horrible thing, especially when his character was supposed to be getting shot and killed to rise from the grave. I bet you there were some very uh, strange, strange incidents there. Number eight, uh, a dude from Top Gun died. Uh, someone who was doing some stunt work during that filming of that movie passed away. Uh, number seven, uh, a guy 
in the return of the Musketeers back in 1988 called Roy Kinnear. He broke his pelvis after falling from a horse and subsequently bled to death. Oh my gosh, what kind of a, a, a medic did they have on, on, the, uh, on set for that? It's insane, yeah. Uh, Flight of the Phoenix back in 1965, Paul Mance died doing a risky take uh, flying uh, in the Flight of the Phoenix. Jumper, David Ritchie, a sci-fi thriller starring Samuel Jackson, was using a mixture of frozen sand, earth, and ice for special effects, uh, and a large piece of frozen sand and gravel fell from the top of a wall uh, off of an outdoor set, and he and three crew members were dismantling, so one of the stuntmen died there. Uh, Wikipedia, oh, XXX, that was Harry O'Connor, who, who was uh, Vin Diesel's stunt double, died during the filming. Uh, then we had Troy, another stunt double, passed away during that. Uh, Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee was doing dubbing work in Hong Kong uh, in 1973 for Enter the Dragon. He collapsed in the bathroom and was rushed to the Hong Kong Baptist Hospital Doctors who treated him said he died of cerebral edema. Much controversy exists over Lee's death over speculation that cannabis may have been part of his cause of death. I don't know about that. We'll have to ask Rob Van Dam what he thinks about that. Cannabis called Bruce Lee to die. Crazy, though, that Bruce Lee uh, dies on set. And 20 years later, his, uh, his son dies on set as well. Probably the biggest death, although Bruce Lee was pretty big, was uh, in September 11th, wow, 2003, John Ritter, the famous, classic, amazing physical comedian John Ritter, fell ill while rehearsing for eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. He began sweating profusely, vomiting, and complaining of having chest pains. He was taken across the street to the, uh, to the hospital, and uh, he was diagnosed for a heart attack, but his condition worsened. Then he was diagnosed with aortic dissection. Ritter died during surgery to repair the dissection uh, hours after collapsing on the set. So he didn't really actually die on set, but pretty darn close. I love John Ritter, and I loved, uh, I loved him on Three's Company. So um, there you go, some crazy things. Just because you're making a movie doesn't mean you're safe from some of these freak accidents that happened on set. So maybe those ghosts are still floating around to this day. We'll find out. We're going to be talking to Zach Baggins of Ghost Adventurers, the biggest ghost hunter in the entire world uh, from the biggest ghost hunting show in the entire planet. It's been going on for 10 seasons already. Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel. Uh, you can buy those on DVD. You can actually buy them through my Amazon links on Amazon.com because, as you know, Amazon kicks back a few bucks to the show to help us cover, cover production costs whenever you buy something uh, through my link. It's the easiest way to support Talk is Jericho. You go to podcastone.com. You click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page, UAGE, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I get links for Amazon in the Canada, in the UK, in the USA, all across the board. All kinds of stuff you can get on Amazon. All Metallica records featuring Death Magnetic with Robert Trujillo, a uh, fine, fine Talk is Jericho alumni, and getting very close, if not already, passing the uh, the uh, limit that he needed to get his Jocko Pistorius movie sold uh, and, and made on Pledge Music. So if you helped Robert pledge that, I believe it's not official yet, but I believe he has made his goal. Thanks to all of you for helping out. It's going to be a hell of a movie. You can buy Zach Baggins' books, I Am Haunted, Living Life Through the Dead, and Dark World Into the Shadows with lead investigator of the Ghost Adventure 
Sinister's crew. Tell me how creepy those are going to be. Get the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? Get the new Jericho book, the third New York Times bestseller, the best in the world at what? I have no idea. Uh, get the new Black Veil Brides album, Black Veil Brides 4, with uh, Andy Beerzak on uh, vocals, my good friend who was amazing on Talk is Jericho a few days ago. Uh, and get whatever you want, whatever you need. The truth about using my Amazon links, you buy whatever you want. won't cost you anything extra. No hidden fees or extra charges. So go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page, you wagey, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. You can go get to Amazon and get anything you need to help me out. Bookmark it so you can get to those links in one easy click, all right? Y2J Winter Tour with the WWE almost coming to an end. I can't believe it. Tomorrow night in Jacksonville uh, on Saturday, uh, February 7th. Then we head over to Canton, Ohio on the 8th. Then it's Tampa on the 14th, Fort Myers on the 15th, Madison Square Garden uh, in New York City on the 27th, Toronto 28th, and Buffalo on March 1st. And that's the end of the Y2J Winter Tour. I can't believe it. So uh, crazy how quickly it's gone by. Just been having a gas, gas, gas. So much fun. Uh, and as soon as the, the the tour is done after Buffalo, three days later, we'll be in Cork, Ireland for the Cinderblock Party World Tour with Fozzie. Actually, March 4th in Belfast, Ireland is where it starts. So go to FozzieRock.com and get all information for the tickets to all the shows and all the great VIP packages that you can pick up to come meet the band. Hit us up on at Rock on the Twitter and let us know if you're coming to the show. All right, Zach Baggins is next. He is going to creep you out all right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos. Hey, amigas. See? Already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. This this is Talk is Jericho. On the line right now, one of the most interesting men in the planet, Zach Baggins is here, the host of Ghost Adventures on Travel Channel. What's going on, man? Oh, just uh, decompressing after saturating myself in a house full of demons. But uh, other than that, everything's going okay. How are you? As you do. Let me say this. I've had about 110 episodes of my show. That could be the best opening line from a guest of all time. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, it's the truth. It's um, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's great to talk to you. We, we were we were hooked up through our mutual friend, Jeff Belanger, who is another uh, amazing ghost storyteller. But I think you, you pretty much take the cake. You've, you've made this kind of the, uh, you are the top of the top when it comes 
to this very uh, strange medium for sure. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different shows out there and a lot of different people doing this, but you know, what it's really come down to is your own personal your own personal tie-in to this uh, field and why are you doing it, you know? And mm-hmm. You know, a lot of different shows out there, people are doing it for different reasons. And, um, you know, like just recently, I spent some time investigating with a uh, parapsychologist, a real well-known guy, Dr. Barry Taff. And, you know, he kind of uh, told me exactly why I'm doing this. And um, we were doing an investigation and some crazy stuff started happening. And, you know, he had seven different instruments with him, scientific instruments and uh, to measure different energies, magnetic energy, geomagnetic energy. And at a particular moment when I felt consumed by an energy, um, I was getting over a million times the normal living person's uh, magnetic energy range that's inside of my body. So it indicated that something was inside of me, something, um, you know, something that he couldn't explain, an energy Hmm. force that he couldn't explain was uh, affecting me. And, you know, he told me, he goes, Zach, through all different people that are in this industry, from non-believers to skeptics to paranormal investigators, whatever, everybody's anatomy is designed differently, and everybody is receptive differently to spirit energy. And I feel that's why I'm in this field. And I, I can't explain it, but... My experiences are getting deeper, and they have repercussions on my own body, my own health. And it's just, sometimes it's really hard to put in words the experiences that I have because we just can't explain the afterlife, you know. I think God himself can explain what happens when we die. But, you know, all I do know is that I have evidence of it, and my personal experiences, um, that's why I'm really in this field. So you're saying you're almost like some kind of a, a conduit, maybe, or something along those lines? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Um, you know, I just mentioned Dr. Barry Taff, and he's the same way that I am. And, um, you know, he has a specific reaction to energy at the David Omen House, which is right there in Los Angeles in Benedict Canyon, right near where the Manson murders happen. And I'm using Dr. Barry Taff, I'm mentioning him a lot here, is because I just recently did an investigation with him, and we... You know, we had a lot of profound discoveries about, uh, you know, our own bodies and, and the discussions that we had, um, you know, made it really clear uh, to me um, why I'm in this field and why I have such profound experiences that a lot of people that watch the show sometimes ridicule and, you know, say, oh, there he goes getting possessed again, or there he mm-hmm. goes, you know, it's, it's just, it's a reaction that certain people have to spirit energy. And um, that's what I'm really starting to do further research on and, and trying to find more answers about why I have these specific reactions to ghosts and spirits and stuff like that. Uh, and it's really interesting. How did you find this out that, that you had this, this, you know, some kind of energy field inside of you? You know, when I was a little kid, I would always have these dreams when I was on an old wooden ship, you know, like the Mayflower. And I was, I, I, was, I was in a big storm, and I remember getting swept off the ship, and I would die. Hmm. And I would have this recurring dream over and over and over. And then I started having just a lot of nightmares. And it's weird. That was... Is it cell signal? We just lost him.
You want to call him back and let him know that it was weird? Okay. Now, you were right in the middle of your, of your, uh, of your explanation, Zach, and, and we lost you. I thought maybe that you had been uh, possessed by some kind of a ghost or something. No, I know. Do you want to know what's crazy, though, is right now my computer, my mouse to my computer, and my email, and now my phone is all going haywire. So now, you know, the, that. The, the, that was my house phone, too. That should not have happened. That was my freaking house phone. But the funny thing is, though, I mean, we're like, aha, making a joke, but hey, you never know, right? Like, there could be some kind of forces that aren't happy that we're talking right now who knows i you know honestly i just i just went through hell literally i just got done filming my documentary feature film at the demon house in indiana and i was there for eight days and i just got back um about a week ago and that week up there and what i was going through up there was like just absolutely insanity so um there's when i was up there filming that feature film the captain of the gary police department he has publicized and said the demons in that house affect men electronically and affect women physically and every single guy that i've seen when i when i was filming for the past year every single man from police officers to clergy to to whoever members of my crew to just random workers that i had come in there and fix things, every single guy had some type of electronical phenomenon, malfunction with their phones, anything. And, you know, it's what what Captain Austin said about that house and how it affects men electronically has been absolutely precise. It's, it's really crazy. Well, well, tell us about this. I mean, like I said, you, you kicked off the, the, the chat that we're having by saying you just came through hell. Uh, you did do the Demon House documentary. You mentioned being in Gary, Indiana. What exactly is it that, that you were doing the documentary on? And tell us about some of the experiences that you had. Yeah, you know, I was talking earlier. Um, sorry if my mind's all over the place a little bit. I did go through some crazy stuff recently. So, wow. um, yeah, the, the this Demon House, you know, earlier this year, last year in 2014, um, I was out filming an episode of my show, Ghost Adventures in Southern California, when all of a sudden the whole world was struck with a headline um, about this family in Gary, Indiana, in Gary, Indiana, that fell victim to demonic possession. And, you know, it's one thing to hear about this, but, um, you know, in, in the media these days, there, there's always some type of paranormal headline. You know, last week it was the school in Idaho, but this one... You know, this one really stuck, hmm. and it stuck because of how many credible sources validated the paranormal events surrounding the demonic possession. You've got different police officers, child protective services, physicians, psychiatrists, members of the clergy. It goes on and on and on, and this case, you know, may be one of the most historic and credible tales of a haunting in America, in American history. And I knew that I had to be a part of it. And I've been looking for the chance to do a documentary feature film ever since I did one back in 2004. Since the last 10 years, I've evolved and I've grown up as an Mm -hmm. investigator and I've learned more about myself. And uh, this case is crazy. So long story short, I wanted to be a part of this. So I knew that with this type of media, with this type of coverage and credibility to this story, I knew that Hollywood was going to be going off 
all over this because mm-hmm. of the success of the conjuring making 350 million blah 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 you know they they just want these paranormal stories it's like all these movies these days isn't friday the 13th and halloween horror movies anymore it's all paranormal themes that's right it's yeah hot. it's a fad blah you know um but when they find a story like amityville or something like that that has you know different sources to it um that prove its credibility um it, it's it's a huge um uh, thing for hollywood to get all over it so anyway i when when the stories hit in the media um everyone was trying to get to the family and secure their life rights and all that stuff what well, were the, what were the stories was, what were the stories that, ha- that 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 came in the media the stories were the main story um was this little boy uh walked backwards or yeah walked up a wall um what? almost to the ceiling and what's interesting about this, Chris, is that this little boy that walked up the wall, it wasn't just something that his family said happened. This was witnessed by the case manager, Valerie Washington, of Child Protective Services of the state of Indiana. Valerie Washington, when she saw this, she ran out of the emergency room with a psychiatrist and a nurse from the emergency room. I just interviewed Valerie for over a year. She wouldn't talk about this because she wasn't allowed to because it was dealing with children and a confidential case. Right. I just interviewed her last week, finally. And she told me by what she witnessed, and and I mind you, this is a case manager with Child Protective Services, Mm -hmm. a woman that also used to deal with a division dealing with uh, children fatalities or whatever the division was, she told me, dealing with children that were killed, and and, uh, it was a real bad section that she was an investigator for. So she handled and and had to deal with some really, you know, sensitive stuff. And this is the only time in in the history of her career that disturbed her so bad that it was a reason for her quitting her job and moving from the state of Indiana because of what she witnessed in that room, not just the boy walking up, but the little boys growling at her and a lot of other different things. Oh my goodness. When I started becoming a part of this story and dissecting it, it, it's the most powerful investigation that I've ever been a part of. At first, I thought maybe it's a family trying to get money out of this or mm-hmm. trying to get a movie deal or whatever, but I'll tell you what, man, this is the most bizarre moment in my life and it's the most powerful moment in my life. And I think that this house, this Dina house, it, it called me there to, to do this investigation. Wow. So, so yeah, you're talking about some, some pretty serious stuff here, and this is not a movie. This is, this, is, this is real. So you hear about this story, and you were mentioning that all Hollywood's jumping over. They want the family rights. They want this. They want that. What was your mindset to, to go in there and, and film, uh, film in this house? My mindset was just to go there and investigate this story and investigate this house. And let me tell you something. A week before this media headline hit, um, I know this sounds crazy, but you know what? In my field of work, everything does seem crazy, yeah. but a lot of it's freaking reality. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, a week before this story hit, I had a dream, and in this dream, I had the ability to move objects. Like I had, I was like a ghost, you know, a poltergeist, and I could move objects. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting down at this table with these different people, and I was trying to move this ashtray, and finally the ashtray, I got it to move with the power in my body, and then all of a sudden, um, I was standing there, and there was this huge Satan 
you know, about nine, ten feet tall. And he was standing there with the, the horns bent backwards, the hooved feet, and he looked like a goat, man. Mm. And I remember he opened his mouth and smoke came out of his mouth, and I started inhaling it. And it was this most bizarre dream I've ever had. And I started inhaling this, this smoke. And after the media headline hit of the Demon House, and I purchased the house. Oh, wow. When I purchased the, yeah, when I, when I bought the house, it was in all the media headlines across the world. I mean, I was, I, I have three shows on TV, two right now, another one development. I've been on for 11 seasons. I've never had more media attention than when I bought this friggin' house. And when the media hit, a psychic medium named Chris Fleming texts me, and he goes, Zach, be careful of that house. He's done readings on me before. He goes, there is a 12-foot leader of these demons. He's about 12 foot tall. Horns bent backwards. Centuri, you know, the, the, the goat feet. He looks like a goat creature. He's the one, gu- he's the guardian of this house. Mm. And, you know, in my field, a lot of weird stuff happens. And, and when he sent that text and described me my dream a week before this house, it was, uh, that's it was am- crazy. And it, it was only the tip of the iceberg of what, ha- of, of what happened. I just wanted to share that. Just, just as, just as a quick segue, when you go to buy, uh, you know, a demon house, are you calling a realtor? I mean, how does that even work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no demon real estate company yeah. out there where you talk to a demon and it's like, yes, may I help you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, I'm looking for a great demon property. Um, I've got just the place it, for you. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know what? When, when this story hit, um, there was a... Uh, um, a video that was in the India, the Indianapolis Star, I believe. They, no, the the United Kingdom, the Daily Mail, okay, the, the right. big website, and they did a video. And in the video, they were interviewing the family, and and in that interview, there was a quick interview by the landlord who owns the place. Gotcha. And so I was able to get his name, and a friend of mine uh, was able to get his number, and I called him right away. I said, "Look, man, I know what's going on. I want to buy your house." And I didn't know what to expect at that point. You know, I didn't know if this media outrage is like, oh, no, I'm hanging on to this, you know. Right. Um, Right away, he goes, give me a number. I gave him a number. Uh, Boom. I sent him a PayPal uh, deposit, and uh, and that's it. And that's what began this whole quest, man. And that's what started this. So what what, what are some of the things that you experienced when you were in the house filming? Um, So after I bought the house, I was literally there within three weeks filming the documentary. I didn't know what to expect. When I showed up, there was still some um, people living in my house. Mm-hmm. I forget the name you call those people that find a vacant house. Squatters. Living in it. squatters. Squatters. Yeah. Yeah, there were squatters living in there, and I had to deal with this, all this crap to get them out. But after I got them out, um, I interviewed them, and, and I was just there. I, I didn't have anything set. I just had a production crew, some cameras, and I just was there. Raw, bare bones, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, um, this lady who used to live in that house in the in the 90s, um, she reached out to us and um, she wanted to meet with me and, and talk to me. And, and I didn't know, you know, with this media attention, I didn't know if people are just making up BS, just wanting to get in the headlines or whatever. Right. Um, so I met her. She shows up with her three kids. And she starts showing me photos of her living in the house back in the 90s. 
and it's her, you know, and these little kids, they weren't there yet. They were only like eight, nine years old, Mm -hmm. uh, young teenagers. And so she's like, uh, can I go in the house? And I said, you know, I'm doing an open investigation of this house. You, you know what's been going on. So, yeah, I haven't paid too much attention to that. She just didn't seem to care about that, you know. Right. And uh, I, I asked her three times. I'm like, you know, well, I don't know if it's safe for you to go in there. Do you want to do this? She's like, yeah, yeah, please. Let me go in and see my house. Let me see, let me see my bedroom I used to sleep in. I get her in the house. Her three kids are in the house. And uh, she starts telling me when she lived in that, uh, slept in that bedroom, that she would have these dreams. And uh, whenever she had a dream about somebody she knew, she would wake up and they would die. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, so check this out. We get her and her kids. We end up going downstairs into the basement. She wants to go see the basement where her brothers lived. And when her brother lived there, he got killed. Not in the house or by the house, but he got, he, he got killed. Uh, when he was living there. And so we go down into the basement. And as we're walking down in the basement, we're walking down the steps. And, we're, you know, she's just totally cool. You know, totally not talking about the, the whole demons and what, what was in the headlines. And mm-hmm. just we're being real natural conversation. We're walking. And all of a sudden, something hits her in her leg. And she almost falls. Mm-hmm. And I looked at this, and she turns and looks at her son, which is standing about eight feet away from her, and she starts cussing at her son in, like, a bit of a rage. Like, why the F did you kick me? What in the F did you do that to me for? Mm-hmm. And her poor little son is just like, I wasn't even near you. And all of a sudden, she had this look on her face, and the whole energy changed. She got up, left, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And... As she left the house, her kids were still in the house. And I noticed her two daughters kept walking and wandering about the house. I never paid attention to it. Well, they leave. And uh, a couple days later, I get a phone call. And ever since they left the house, I guess her daughter wasn't herself. And, you know, fast forward, I went and interviewed her again a few weeks later at her home in Indianapolis. And I interviewed her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, the little girl wasn't there. She was at church or they were doing something with her. Mm-hmm. And they began telling me that after they left the house, the little girl um, began talking very strangely. She wasn't herself. Things started happening to her. And at, at this point, I stopped production. Uh, a member of my crew quit. And, um, you know, I ended up going back and talking them into um, helping them and, and getting an exorcism. And um, I spoke with the little girl's aunt um, who also validated the story. And um, that's when I found out how real this was, how real what I got myself into. Mm-hmm. And that was just basically a, a, a segment in this powerful investigation, you know, uh, it, it 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 was hard for me to tell me tell you that you know it was hard for me to tell you that it, it was just a um, well, it was it, a, a I just felt responsible you know at the beginning of that but you know I didn't know the full gamut of the story or what happened but once I went back and interviewed the mother and her sister and her aunt and make this you know just well, real you, you, know, it, 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 you know and 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 what you're saying and that that story gave me chills and like i said i, I appreciate you telling me that because that is very very heavy because this is not things that go bump in the night you know casper the, the friendly ghost this is hardcore serious demonic 
possession almost that you're that you're talking about. What is in this house that's causing this? Okay. When the story broke earlier in 2014, the police went there to do an investigation with the Child Protective Services. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a video taken by a police chief. And this video was taken when he was off duty. There was a detective there, a police chief, Child Protective Services, and they were doing an investigation on the children because they wanted to see um, if it was a if it was an explainable cause why the children were showing up to school with bloody noses and bruises and all this stuff. So, mm. in that investigation, there are things that uh, I, I can't say everything that that right. I found in my investigation, but there are things that were uncovered in that video and and, and the ongoing investigation with CPS and the police officers um, that fully convinced them that this was a demonic uh, type um, event that was going on. So nobody really knew how to handle it. They, They were, you know, they were in denial for what was going on, but you know, as soon as all of them begin having their own terrifying experiences at the house as well, um, you know, the Child Protective Services told me that in the, my interview last week for the documentary that, you know, Zach, quote unquote, you know, Zach, everyone that went to that house, whether it was a police officer, members of, of my department or whoever, left that house with something following them, something attaching themselves attaching itself to them. And um, that interview gave me chills because it's true. So when all that happened, the police began doing an excavation in this dirt area in the basement. There's a strange dirt pit uh, underneath the stairs. And about two to four feet under the dirt, the police began uncovering really strange personal objects. Uh, women's panties, uh, mm. children's socks, a fingernail, um, a club that would look like it kill someone, you know, mm-hmm. um, strange objects. And uh, the priest uh, was convinced, and so was a member of the police department who had training in the occult, that there was some type of a, a ritual, um, satanic type ritual maybe, on the family. So, you know, that was a... a um, that was a part of, of what many believed put this demonic type uh, portal or curse, if you will, on this family in this house. But, uh, you know, I've, I've done other research to uh, expand on this and, and other breakthroughs in, in this uh, theory and the investigation of why I think there's uh, demons there um, that I can't go into fully. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to reveal everything. Of course. Um, we're still putting it and piecing it all together. But, you know, what I'll say, though, Chris, is that when you go to that house and when you walk inside that house, there is an energy there, okay? I, I brought someone there that's a pioneer in paranormal research, someone that has a, a Ph.D. in uh, psychophysiology and a minor in biomedical engineering, and this man's credibility has over 4,500 cases, uh, investigations, and can only count on one hand how many of those were indeed negative or he had negative experiences. Mm -hmm. This investigation, this house, was added on that single hand of him. And what I witnessed him document in the basement of that house 
is one of the most powerful things that I've ever seen in all my investigations. And what happened to this man when he left the house, when he went back to the hotel room that night, and what happened to my crew when they went back to the hotel that night, proves that the CPS worker, Valerie Washington, when she told me in this interview last week, after she turned down 100 interviews, Mm. she said, everybody that I've ever witnessed go in that house, leaves that house with a piece of it attached to them. That is 100% true. I've never investigated a place like this in my life. I've investigated some effed up places, Bobby Mackey's music world, but something is at this house that is beyond what any scientist can explain. They will be able to document that there is an unknown energy there, but they can't tell you what that unknown energy is. It's transient. It moves. It can possess you when it does go inside of you. It can give you over a million times the normal living person's, you know, normal uh, baseline magnetic energy, you know, range mm-hmm. reading. The evidence collected at that house is um, is amazing, and I was just as terrifying as it is, and as emotional an experience as it was for me. It was the most powerful, you know, moment in, in investigations of my life, and I'm happy that I'm going to be able to share this this, Absolutely. Film, this documentary film in its, rare, in its raw form without it being sensationalized into a Hollywood movie or any, you know, bolt like that. This, this is what you see is what happened mm-hmm. and it, are the people involved telling the story. And, and you, it's going to be called Demon House? It is a working title okay. right now, The Demon, The Demon House. The Demon House. Yeah. Ah. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Talk is Jericho. Zach Baggins is here, the host of Ghost Adventures. Let me ask you this. When, when you have a, a structure like this, a house where you know there's some, some sort of demonic issues and, and hauntings, what would happen if you just took a bulldozer and just ran it down? Would that make the ghosts, uh, the, the demons disappear, or do they just follow the bulldozer now? Um, you know what? I can't answer that, mm. but I'll tell you what. It's, it's, a, it's a cool thing you brought that up because you've read my mind. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking about what to do with that house. I own it, and I don't believe anybody else should ever right. live in there. And so, you know, I don't want to, you know, really talk about this because I don't want to give no ideas to anybody out there. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, what's there is, 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 is terrifying as it is. You know, you think about how many people believe in ghosts. You believe in ghosts, you believe in that Well. Look how many people are religious out there, even skeptics. They go mm-hmm. to church every Sunday. You know, they, they do rituals. They pray to a God. They, they pr- you know, they pray to the, the Holy Ghost. You know, it's as bad as it says. These demons, I believe, are creatures of Satan. You know, they, they are entities that just feed off of, of, of violence, of torment, of, of depression, of, of every bad emotion there is out there in this world, that's where they thrive. That's how they breed. And when you go into that house, um, you will feel those emotions. Mm-hmm. 
And I've never seen anybody go in the house not feel those emotions. But um, I, I think it chooses the, its host and, and who it wants to really mess with. Um, but like I said, as terrifying as it is, um, we can benefit from this by by witnessing things that that people don't believe in. You know, mm-hmm. we can go there and and try to study this and bring scientists there and 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 just document them being dumbfounded because they can't explain this. Mm-hmm. Even with the most education in the world, you know, the, the 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 most education in the world, and that's what I wanted to do with this house. I didn't want to go there and just you know, lock myself in for a week and, and you know, that I, I wanted to go there and bring people that, that, that I can, um, that can help me try to understand what's going on right. here and, and bring more credibility to the plate than, than, you know, just myself, which I do bring credibility, but I want other people to aid me in a, in a investigation that this magnitude. And it's, it's like, you know, it's Is witnessing, it- Witnessing it with your own eyes, it's it's, it's pretty crazy. I've heard a couple times, Zach, as you've been telling me these stories. I mean, there's a lot of responsibility on you when you're when you're starting to, I guess, investigate these things. And you mentioned how bad you felt with with the the story of the girl. And is this is it mentally taxing doing what you do? Is it something that you're always so much? Yeah, it, yeah, it really is, man. It 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 really is. Um, you know, not just that part but just dealing with the experiences itself and the physical um ramifications it has on your own body Mm -hmm. but you know you I, i do have a lot of pressure you know because you know this is a very special case you know this may be one of the most if not the most credible you know paranormal event in american history right um and i have the responsibility and pressure to deliver um, the, the people, you know, I, I feel like a secret agent or I feel like mm-hmm. somebody, you know, being appointed by the president to go investigate a very special thing that the people of the world, you know, can, can, um, better understand. It's like a UFO landing somewhere in North Dakota. And the, right. You know, we send the best investigator there to investigate this because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and we need to learn from it. And that's the kind of, um, pressure and responsibility I feel that I have on this case. And so, I, I wanted to make sure that I did this right and that I did this respectfully and, and did this, um, you know, with, with the utmost uh, credibility in the investigation. And that's what I am going to deliver. And, and not only just on, on Demon House, but you're talking about, you know, uh, 10 seasons of Ghost Adventures and all the other shows that you have. Does it Absolutely. ever, you know, you, you're kind of walking around as the ghost guy. Is there a lot of skeptics that kind of look at you and go, ha, that's, that's funny how you do that stuff on your show. Is it uh, frustrating when you're trying to explain it? Like, no, this is real. Yeah, you know, um, Ghost Adventures is, is my, my passion, is my heart, is my core. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily pay attention to skeptics. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have anything to prove to them. Um, this is about my quest, my journey. You know, I didn't get casted to play a paranormal investigator on TV like right. a lot of these other shows. Right. And um, this this comes from my passion. And, you know, I, I, I honestly feel the ghosts themselves chose me to do this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like I said, I, I don't have anything to prove to anyone. And I'm just so very fortunate that I have such a strong, supportive fan base um, that has made it possible Please. for me to continue doing right. this on television. And with that, I owe them 
um, just a, a constant breakthroughs in, in scientific equipment. You know, we just recently partnered an exclusive relationship with uh, Bill Chappell, uh, one of the world's best electronic engineers um, for this type of uh, field. And so I, I'm constantly working on evolving as an investigator, as a documentary filmmaker, mm-hmm. um, as an interviewer. And recently I'm doing um, a, a show called Aftershocks, where they call me like the paranormal Dr. Phil. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to do this because I, I like you, like you, I love interviewing people, right. connecting with them. I'm an empath, and, and I connect with them emotionally. And I like to try and help them because I can understand experiences that they've had where they've been attacked by you know, demons or, or dark entities mm-hmm. that other people may laugh at them. So. Well, you mentioned a couple times the physical ramifications from doing this. Are you talking about getting uh, attacked by ghosts or demons? Well, yeah, and um, you know, I do have a new book coming out called "I Am Haunted," which releases right. February tenth. February tenth, that's right. And yeah, in a, a chapter, in two chapters in my new book, I talk about health risks and heart attacks. And what's really interesting, Chris, is that um, doing ghost adventures, I have interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people, and on my new show, Aftershocks. Mm-hmm. And the type of investigator that I am. Um, I'm like a doctor, you know, and when doctors have, when they diagnose diseases or diseases that they're not, they don't really know too well, a new disease or whatever, or prescribing new medication, you know, they base their, their findings on how does these things affect uh, a lot of people uh, in, in, a, in a type of a, a group, um, a group type, you know, um, observation. Right. So that, that's what I do in my paranormal. I in Ghost Adventures, I saw this guy do an investigation at the old exorcist house. And, you know, while he was there... You're talking about the actual, the actual house from the movie The Exorcist? Yeah, in okay. St. Louis, Missouri. Gotcha. So while he was and there... So, you know, yeah, long story short, when he was there, he felt this, this hot pain on the left side of his face while he felt um, this presence of this negative entity was in the room. Well, a few months later, he ended up having a stroke on that same exact side. Um, mm. another guy named Victor at the Black Swan Inn, same thing. He was doing an investigation, got EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, ghost voices of this spirit telling him that they were going to kill him. Mm. Once later, same thing. He had a stroke. Um, and so, you know, at, like a doctor, I, I, I look at all these people and I remember all of them and all their interviews and I see what events led up to... Uh, this physical um, ailment that they had, which was they felt this, you know, pain on their left side or whatever it was or evidence to support what happened in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then to see later how they both had strokes and uh, another member of that investigation uh, died a short time after that investigation, after a spirit came through and said, paranormal investigator die. What? And yes. Wow. Yes. How, how did he die? And. Uh, he had a heart attack. Okay. Wow. And so you have to think about this. You know how earlier I was telling you about how this scientist uh, measured um, my body at the time I was feeling that I was uh, overcome by a presence and I was having kind of like a possession mm-hmm. uh, recently. Um, he measured my body that was a million times over the, the natural living person magnetic energy range. And um, you gotta you got to ask yourself, 
if these demons or spirits, when they're in your body and they have the power to make you levitate and speak tongues and give you the, the, the strength of five grown men, what is that doing to your, your insides, your, your physical yeah. body, your, your nervous system, your electrical impulses in your heart? Right. Um, what is that doing to your body? It's got to have an effect. And so, you know, just like you think about spirits, they can drain your batteries. They can, just mm-hmm. like when you, you know, our call ended, you know, it's like make That's... a joke about that. Maybe there's a ghost. You said maybe there's a ghost in there screwing up all your electrical equipment. Yeah. What is it? If it can do that to your electrical devices, Chris, what can it do to the electrical currents in your human body? I believe it can give you strokes. I believe it can cause heart attacks. And I may get some, you know, um, skepticism about that. I, I don't care. This is my research. So yeah, you're seeing like this. Like I said, have you ever I've been attacked this. by a spirit uh, physically, beaten around or punched or anything like that? Um, yeah, I have. Um, I, I have at, at Bobby Mackey's, I've received scratches and then I've also, um, been possessed there. That's one of the true times where I fell under to a possession where a priest there at the, at the time did an exorcism on me. Well, well, back back up a little bit. What what exactly is Bobby Mackey's music world? You keep mentioning that It, it sounds like a concert hall or something. What is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a wild west, um, like a Wild West country bar like a saloon? in Wilder, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah, it's like a speaky or a yeah, old honky tonk over roadhouse there, old bar. And yeah, it, like a roadhouse. And it's haunted. Yeah, yeah, it, it has a reputation of being haunted by demons, and it's one of the only places where a patron of the bar got attacked by a demon, took the owners to court, and the court made the owner of the bar put a liability sign in the front that when you enter this premises, we are not responsible for demonic attacks. It has what? over 19 sworn, yeah, has over 19 sworn affidavits from wow. police officers, political officials of all experiencing this type of phenomena in the bar. Okay, so 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 obviously there's something going on there, whether it's in between dimensions or whatever. So that's, it's, it's a haunted place. Do not come in here at risk of being demonically possessed. And you go in there and you got possessed? Yes. I went in there, did a first investigation where I received scratches. I went back to that location again a second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we went back the second time, we did an event where we had 100 people go there because we wanted to show people that this is legit, like mm-hmm. stuff's going crazy there. And when we brought 100 people there for that event, oh, boy, it was like a, a, a set of a movie. I mean, the, like what was happening to people. It was like Friday the 13th, people running around and just, it was insane. And a lot of bad things happened there. And that was when I first felt the pre-stages of oppression, um, possession. And um, that's when it happened to me and a bouncer, a huge bouncer of the bar. And him and I both fell under this. And we had to be taken outside by the priest that was there. Um, he put oil, you know, holy oil on my forehead. It was burning like hot tar. He put this metal on the bouncer guy, just a random huge bouncer. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't hold the metal to his chest because it was on fire. I mean, it was like, a, a, you know, when they put the steel forks in the fire and brand a cow. It was like that. Imagine it glowing red. This guy couldn't even hold this thing. And so... We went back inside, and then the demons there began mimicking my voice on a device that we now use called the Shack Hack, which is now the SP7 Spirit Box. 
and a guy named Dave Schrader that hosts Darkness Radio and Coast to Coast yep, Radio. I listen. He was there to witness this demon mimicking my voice on his device that he was using. It was my voice, crystal clear, and he goes, guys, be careful. It said it exactly like my voice, and that voice sticks with me to this day. And that's what they like to do. They like to mess with you. They like to mimic you. And um, so, you know, I'm happy that that all happened when those people were there because they got to see that this is real. So what, and that's you, what we like to do. That's where we're different. We don't hide this. We like people to go in investigations with us, do events, whatever, and witness this. Do you? What did you? Do you remember this? Like, what did you feel when when you know you're getting this oil put on your on your forehead? Me and the burning. bouncer wanted to kill everybody there. You're feeling this? Like, you remember the, these feelings of, of a homicidal being, you wanting to kill somebody? Yeah, I, I do. I remember wanting to kill everybody at that event. And so did that guy. You know, it wasn't wow. as deep to where it was a full possession where I have no recollection of it. Mm-hmm. Some of it is foggy because when you're in that state, there's something inside of you. Mm-hmm. That is, is, is it's, it's like you're driving in a car with your family and the demon is in the passenger seat and he grabs your, your body and you grab the wheel and you want to just turn that wheel into a tree and kill your family. You know, it's like you, 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 it's a fight, you know, they just want you to do destruction. That's how they feed. And so this is what really started it for me. This is where the transformation really happened in ghost adventures to me and, and Aaron particularly. So, you know, after that, when we returned home, this is when, like, I couldn't hold a relationship for uh, a good two-year period. Wow. And, um, yeah, it's been totally cool at my house since, you know, for, for a while now. But uh, that, that's, that whole Mackey's incident, and then when we returned back there to do a second episode, um, it really hit Aaron bad. And I feel that's when Aaron really turned. Aaron used to wear John Deere T-shirts all the time now. You know, his house looks like the tomb of Predator. You know, he's got skulls <laughs> everywhere. He's he's a really dark guy now, and, and it, I know that was from the hit well, yeah, you, you, with him. With, with you, you can't go through these things and not have a, a darker perception on, on life. Um, just to finish up, how did how did the, the, the demon end up leaving you? Did the priest finally just say, get out of here, and it left? Or how does that work? Yeah, during that second episode... Um, some bad stuff happened. I'm, I, I guess I tried taking his, uh, tried taking his cross and, and I was going to do some damage to somebody with it. And he did an exorcism on me there, but it, it didn't stop there. Hmm. You know, um, that was the weirdest car ride to the hotel I've ever had in my life after that night. Uh, and it was affecting Aaron as well. I mean, the guy was in tears for, you know, 30 minutes straight. It, it was crazy. But when I went home, it, it attached itself to us. And um, the stuff that happened at my house was crazy. You know, maybe on another podcast we'll talk about that. God, no but, kidding. Um, yeah. Um, so this stayed with it, you for it, a while then. This demon was there for a while. It didn't just disappear at Bobby Mackey's. Absolutely not. Wow. Absolutely not. It stayed with me for a while. Um, I would say a good year and a half. What? And Yeah, a good year and a half. And some of the moments that happened at my house, um, is what you would see in that movie Paranormal Activity. Yeah. That, that was a reality at my house. Um, oh my and, and the stuff that happened to the girls that I was dating in that year and a half period traumatized them. And still to this day. Oh, um, yeah. But you know what? It's been okay at my house now, lately. It, it's been okay. You know, so, it hasn't been like that. 
So do you have, uh, are you married or do you have a girlfriend? Uh, I date. Okay. I was going to say, it might, um, it might be kind of you know, hard I, sometimes. To have, like, you know, you yeah. had a girlfriend that got chased away by demons. It's kind of not the typical you know relationship funny? ender. You know, it's funny is, is I actually just met this girl and, and I started dating her and I got home from filming at the demon house last week. And um, when I got home a good three days, I just was not myself. And I got on the phone with her and I started telling her some things that happened and I haven't heard from her since. It's been a week. And so that's the kind of thing that happens <laughs> with me. Yeah, yeah that's kind, God, of, kind of the other side of the coin. Either she thinks you're crazy or totally high <laughs> or that I'm getting away from <laughs> Yeah, it's not. You know, <laughs> but then again, I'm sure there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of goth chicks that are really into that. <laughs> there are, yeah, those that really like this kind of stuff, right? Well, I, I definitely don't use my job to, to try and, yeah, right. you know what. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, you you, but, me- you mentioned that you have your new book. It comes out uh, on February 10th, I Am Haunted, Living Life Through the Dead. Uh, I know it's not your fir- first book. What is this book dealing with um, this this time around? Yeah, this is my second book. And, uh, you know, this one is, you know, when the cameras are on and I'm doing ghost adventures, um, you know, I'm really just in tune with what's going on in that moment. Mm. And uh, I don't have a lot of time to open up. So I really open up a lot. Um, I talk about some funny, crazy stuff, too, about some crazy moments that I've had with some fans and stalkers. I talk about um, my fear of dolls. And, uh, you know, like I said, about the, the health risks, I got some funny stories about what it's like with me when the cameras are off, uh, talk about possession and Hmm. Ouija boards and just all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, I just, I open up a lot. I I just hope I didn't open up too much. (laughs) Right, right. You know, it's interesting because you mentioned earlier about how The Conjuring was so big, and we just talked about paranormal activity, and then you mentioned Ouija board. You mentioned uh, you have a fear of dolls. I just saw Annabelle, which which freaked me out. Uh, are you <laughs> are you afraid of dolls for 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 haunted reasons, or are dolls easily possessed by spirits, or you just don't like dolls? Uh, dolls just creep me creep me <laughs> out, but I fear them because I know that they they can get possessed, hmm. and um, you know I've. I just, you know, I had a moment when I investigated Island of the Dolls recently, too, and I decided to take one of the most haunted dolls in the world with me, and um, some crazy stuff happened with that doll, and it just really further enhanced my fear of dolls, and uh, I'd rather not talk about dolls anymore. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like dolls, man. They creep me out. But, 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 you, but you said you went to the Island of the Dolls, and this is for Ghost Adventures in its 10th right. season. Um, you don't have to talk about dolls, but briefly, what is the Island of the Dolls? I've never heard of that before. The Island of the Dolls is this little tiny uh, island in Xochimilco, uh, Mexico. That starts, this guy named, that starts with an X, by the way. I know that, Xochimilco. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't try to spell that. <laughs> That's right. Um, this guy named Don Julian lived on the island, and uh, there was a little girl that drowned in the lagoon right next to his island. Uh, right, He saw it. He saw the little girl's body, everything. And after the little girl's death, um, a doll washed up on his shore, and uh, he thought that receiving this doll uh, was a, a sign, you know, a spiritual sign um, that, that he needed to protect himself by whatever caused the drowning of this little girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- there's more theories about the, the dolls that he has, but he started collecting them and hanging them all over his island, all over the trees. And it said, now the dolls are possessed. 
and um, it, it's a creepy little island to go to. Uh, and when we were there, one of the dolls started laughing by itself. Oh and there was gosh. no batteries in that damn doll. And uh, that, that marked me forever. So um, creepy, creepy place. And, uh, but, but I, I like haunted dolls now. I like being scared and, uh, you know, I have to see things to believe it. And, um, we saw, uh, what happened on that Island and when we brought that haunted doll there. So, um, it was a creepy thing. With all the things that you've seen over, over all your experiences, do you still get scared? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's not a thing where you're like a, an MMA fighter and, and, you know, you can train and get tough and, you know, you just don't have a fear. You're, you're not nervous anymore when you face an opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- these are energies that, that just, some of them have godlike power, you know, and, and just in of it itself to face death or the afterlife, uh, you just, you just, the body just doesn't know how to handle it while it's alive. So mm-hmm. it can just rattle you in, in ways that it, it can break any bit. You know, like, like we had UFC heavyweight fighter Brendan Schaub come in for an investigation, and I've never seen a guy, you know, jump before without a, his legs moving. Wow. So, you know, this, this guy, you know, was, got real scared from, from what he witnessed on an investigation with us. So, I mean, I've, I've seen the biggest and toughest guys, um, you know, get scared. And it, it, it's just it's the unknown and it's just right. that energy that, that we can't understand and that, that effect that, that the body has in that energy when it's manifesting it, it rattle you, man. Well, absolutely. Especially when you, when you, when you don't know, and you, if it's something you can't see and, um, I mean, do, do you, are, are you a, a Christian? Do you believe in heaven? Obviously you believe in the afterlife cause you see it every day for work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, um, as far as religion, you know, I was baptized Catholic and, you know, I, I, I don't go to church on Sundays or anything, but, you know, after I had that possession happen and I saw what happened on my forehead and I felt that, that mm-hmm. burning and I saw the guy hold the, the thing and the thing, how hot that metal was and everything, you know, it, it makes you believe more right. um, in your faith. And so I I do my own prayers and I have my own relationship with, mm-hmm. with God um, and, and uh, because I've, I've seen it work and I've you know, I, I do believe there's a higher power that, right. that are out there and angels and, and uh, they, they do guide you at, at moments and um, put things in your in your place, just like demons do. You know, what do you think ghosts are? Um, you know, I, I think ghosts are the, the souls of uh, of of people that are still earthbound. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what happens when you die. Um, nobody does, mm-hmm. um, except God. And, um, but through my experiences, uh, I believe that if somebody dies suddenly and they're not ready to, mm. to die, you know, that they, they still have a family that they want to care for. They have things in their life that they want to accomplish or, you know, that the, the, maybe their, their burial was desecrated or a, a murder that was unsolved. You know, there's still the, that book in their life doesn't have a proper ending you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it needs an ending for it to be closed. And so their, their, their time on earth isn't closed and they're still here. And I believe that at, at times the trap spirit, you know, I talk about this in my book, um, how a lot of people, especially psychic mediums, they're always like, you know, why aren't you telling these spirits to go to the light? Why aren't you telling these spirits to go to the light? 
there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just, hey, spirits, uh, go to the light. Mm-hmm. Okay, see you later. I did my good deed here. <laughs> there's more to that. And right. um, what we're doing in our investigations is connecting through communication and connecting emotionally to these spirits. And I believe that these ghosts, these spirits are wandering around uh, with us. But, you know, through the, own, the senses that we have in our human body, they're just, just in different frequencies mm-hmm. um, than, than we are. They're here, but they're in different frequencies. And so in this digital age that we're in right now, I believe that these new pieces of equipment that we're, we're getting, we're finally allowed to tap into these frequencies and spectrums to kind of, you know, it's like two pieces of Swiss cheese. Ours is one, theirs is the other. And we're constantly sliding against each other, like, mm. like tectonics and when these holes line up, we can, we can have that moment of communication where we can hear them and they can hear us, but we don't understand why we can't do that all the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you get me going on this, man, and my, my, my brain will just keep going and going and going because <laughs> well, uh, there's just so much. <laughs> well, there's so much, and you more than anybody that I've ever, I've ever talked to has a, a real good handle on all this. Uh, last question. I mean, you've had 10 seasons of Ghost Adventures, and adventures being the key term. Is there one that stands out more than the rest of maybe it was so fantastic or so yeah. unbelievable? You know, I was just talking to you about communication. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants that evidence of a voice or an apparition. Mm-hmm. That's all great and everything, but uh, l- let me back that up. Everybody wants to see an apparition or an object move. That's right there, there, proof of ghost. Mm-hmm. I agree that that's, that's great evidence to get. But you know what? I want communication. I want to know that I can communicate with an intelligent form. Because if I if I can document intelligence through a communication, through a communication session, then I'm documenting life, intelligent life. Right. And so we did uh, an investigation at the the Perryville Battlefield in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And when we were there, we were using a device called the SB7 Spirit Box, which taps into the electromagnetic radio waves. And if ghosts are made up of electromagnetic energy, then there you go. They would speak in the electromagnetic spectrum. And sometimes we use an induction microphone to tap into that electromagnetic field and play music for these spirits and stuff like that. We can't hear with our own ears, but they, we believe they can through the induction microphone. Hmm. So when we use the radio waves of the electromagnetic spectrum through this device, um, we can turn it on and it'll just be blank static for an hour, uh, the way that the device is designed by Gary Golka, which did a great job. Um, just to alleviate and, and erase the skepticism that it's just pareidolia with, with radio signals. You know, the way that it's designed is to eliminate that. So here we go. Long story short again. Quick, 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 one quick, 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 quick question. What kind of music did you play? Uh, old Civil War battle music. Okay, I didn't know if you were going to play like some Sabbath or something. <laughs> okay, so might, when I go, I want somebody to bring me a induction microphone out and play some music. <laughs> okay, so, so continue on. So you're out in the battlefield. Yeah, in the, in the field hospital there, and uh, I have about 12 different uh, Civil War reenactors witnessing this. Um, and while I'm doing this session, they are witnessing the devices on. There's nothing, just white static noise. Then all of a sudden, this man comes through and answers about four questions of mine. The first thing he says is, I'm sorry for... I didn't get that last word. I'm sorry for. This is something that happens to me a lot. These spirits will give a sentence, but that last one word or two will be missing. It'll be a fill in the blank. I'm sorry for. 
I can't listen and blank. Hmm. You know, it's like they're trying and trying to say this. So I'm sorry for, um, you know, I'm like, what are you sorry for? Are you, are you here? Yes. Uh, what is your first name? Daniel. What is your last name? McElwain. It gave me all of that, Chris, in the same exact voice. After that, I tried to communicate for another 30 minutes or so. You know how many other voices came through? Zero. Hmm. With 12 people witnessing this. Wow. So that name, Daniel McElwain, I went to the historical director of the battlefield. He brought out the book that has all the listed names of people who have died on the battlefield. And guess whose name was on that list? Daniel McElwain. So, so, so when when this voice comes through the spirit box, it's using the electromagnetic current. It's changing it into a speaking voice kind of thing. Um, I believe we're just hearing uh, the voice come through the wow. electromagnetic spectrum. You know, even though a spirit doesn't have a vocal box, you know, a, a, a vocal cords. Um, I believe that in that frequency, they don't need that. I think that the energy inside of our body is so absolutely amazing that mm-hmm. scientists can't even explain our own consciousness. But I believe that when we die, this energy has the ability to do things that's unimaginable. It can speak without a vocal cords. It can do all kinds of, it can move objects without a hand. And we just can't answer that. Okay. But yeah. I believe that these spirits are in the electromagnetic spectrum and they do use radio waves and um, that, that we can hear them speak. I've collected too much evidence on that device and performed too many experiments to try to debunk that device with witnesses to prove that, that mm. this isn't something very special happening here. Wow. It's absolutely fascinating, Zach. I mean, the, the, I could talk to you forever. The unbelievable Ghost Adventures in his 10th season, I Am Haunted, is Zach's new book on February 10th that comes out. Absolutely incredible and chilling as well, Zach. I appreciate you talking to me today, and I'd like to I'd like to talk to you about so much more stuff uh, some other time. Yeah, let's stay in touch, my friend. And uh, you know, new episodes of Ghost Adventures every Saturday, and Ghost Adventures Aftershocks is returning in March, and a new show soon to be announced. You're the man, dude. I thank you very much, and be safe. Gosh, be safe, I man. I will, brother. All right, I will talk to you soon. All right, bye. Wow, thanks to Zach Baggins. That was, uh, you know, we love doing paranormal shows here on Talk is Jericho, but that was one of the creepiest. That could be my favorite. And man, so many stories that I won't definitely forget. I hope you're listening to this in the daytime, because uh, the daytime is the right time, but the nighttime is the fright time. So it's be pretty, pretty scary if you're listening to this in the dead of night. Uh, if you want more Zach Baggins, you can catch new episodes of Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel every Saturday at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. You don't want to miss it. Zach's got a lot of things going on plus he's got his demon house movie that he's working on getting ready to put that together and that's going to come out and be crazy as well so thanks to zach baggins for being here with me thanks to all of you for being here with me i want to tell you uh if you're in england if you're in the uk if you're in ireland you know that the cinder block party tour is coming with the dirty youth we're hitting there march 4th starting off in belfast five cork six dublin seven nottingham eight wolverhampton nine manchester ten glasgow eleven london twelve bristol 13 Exeter, 14 Southampton, 15 Brighton, 17 Paris, 18 Pratel, Switzerland, 19 Munich, 20 Mannheim, 21st Bolholm. Those are all in Germany. Go to fozzyrock.com for all information on the gigs and all VIP information. Uh, actually, I got a, a Twitter from uh, a Twitter from at Fozzyrock asking me if there is any more Fozzy B-sides to be played. I got one for you. This was on the Sin and Bones album only. It's called Damned, which is apropos since uh, I think ghosts are probably damned if they're going to be 
floating around bugging us all. So let's check it out. The the, the unreleased B-side, well, hardly released B-side, by request, this is Damned and Fozzie, and you might want to stick around because I've got a huge guest announcement after this song. So listen to some fine rock and roll by the Foz and check out who's coming up. Uh, next week on the show it's a hall of fame wwe amazing performer possibly the greatest of all time stick around and see who it is
All right, great tune. That was Damned by Fozzie from the Sin and Bones record only. If you have the album, you will get Damned. Uh, other than that, you won't hear it anywhere else. If you want to pick up the Sin and Bones LP, the vinyl LP, you know where to go. Use one of my Amazon links. Go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page, you wagey. Then click on Talk is Jericho. You see all three of my Amazon links in Canada, USA, UK, KK. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden jails. Just getting your shopping done. You're helping me out in the process. Thank you very much if you do that. And thank you very much for listening. It was another amazing episode, an amazing week of Talk is Jericho. We'll see you next week. But in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. And next week on this very show, you're going to get a two-parter with multiple WWE champion, WWE Hall of Famer, and in my opinion, the greatest wrestler and performer of all time. And for sure, for a shoot, my greatest rival. That's right. Finally. By popular demand, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels will be here. HBK for two parts starting next Wednesday. And if you don't think that's going to be amazing, you wait and see how it's going to be. We'll see you next Wednesday. And yeah, boy, right here on Talk is Jericho. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 